0: Hello, everyone. This is the Jimbo Parish Show, and currently a new guest will be coming in very soon. Hey! So, um, Amy, can you begin by giving me a brief summary about who you are and what you're about?
1: I'm a dating and relationship coach. My business is called Motivated to Marry, and I've been helping what I call seriously searching singles to find their true love partner for over 16 years now. My own life story is I was married at 25 after grad school and divorced at 36. I didn't have children with my first marriage, and I never even imagined that I would be in that place. My parents were married over 40 years. My grandparents married over 70 years. I was the first divorce in the family. And so it's things that you never anticipate. And But I learned from that and I took classes and I even hired a coach when I turned 40. And then I met my husband at 41 and got remarried at 42 and then i decided my life work and my passion was to help other singles to find their true love partners so i went back and i got trained and certified as a professional life coach and one continually needs to be trained and and learn and study and stuff like that so it's a continual process but so it's very fulfilling work i love helping people kind of what i say Come from that struggle place into that like easy, like, wow, I can do this and I've got this.
0: So can you kind of get into why you were motivated to get your life um, code certification and kind of go into the gist of how that worked?
1: So you know, I, I actually uh, went to so I had another business that I closed and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I went to a, actually a career coach and, you know, they do some tests and things and uh, they look at your skills and interests and aptitudes and things like that. And um, I already wanted to be writing the book, you know, on helping people. And I did write a book called um, Are You Motivated to Marry? Now There's a Better uh, Method to Dating and Relationship. It's a small book, it's an ebook. And then when I wanted to do the bigger, better book, I actually went into uh, another title called Get It Right This Time. And, you know, I just felt like people were sending people to me because fortunately I'm extroverted. I don't have trouble meeting person people. It was like meeting the right person who wanted the life that I wanted. I wanted marriage and a family. So when you're dating in your forties, people had their families already. People didn't want any more children. People don't want to get married. So, you know, I started developing this concept about motivated to marry and actually it came to me when I was at a um, happy hour and I was talking to this guy and, you know, he was cute and he told me he he actually played an instrument for a band and that his man was going to Europe for six months and what popped up in my head was, you're not motivated. And so, you know, to really kind of hone in on people who have the same goal and same vision that you do is kind of the work that I do with my clients. And so I uh, decided to go and get certified with an accredited life coaching because I felt the skills would help me. And it does. It's wonderful because as a coach, I look at your whole life and then I look to see how dating does or not fit in with your whole life. What I notice is sometimes people put it at the bottom of their to-do list, you know, in terms of relationships, because if they think it's hard or they want to avoid it for some reason... There are people who are motivated, and and this is like a top priority. And those are the people who find me, actually. And I really am able to help people find that true person um, fairly quickly, actually. A lot of my clients within six months of doing my coaching program meet that special person.
0: So you also have an MBA from Georgetown. Can you kind of get into your whole story about how you got that as well?
1: Well, you know, I actually have an undergraduate degree in engineering and I'm not, I'm no mechanical engineer. I mean, I didn't even pass the PE exam. I took that eight hour exam and it really, when I did those evaluations, when I went to a career coach, I'm like, it came up marketing, sales, you know, things that were more people oriented. And I don't know why I was like directed in that direction. You, my mother wanted me to be an accountant or, or or an architect. I actually have a very good visual sense. So before I had the coaching business, I actually owned and operated a women's clothing store, and I, I did that for thirteen years. So, but that was using my MBA and stuff like that. So I actually wanted to pivot, and I decided that I like making business decisions rather than technical decisions. So when they made me sign a suit, I'm like, I'm done with this. (laughs) I'm like, I can't handle this. Don't put me in an office, like a little office without windows and give me, you know, tell me to, then, you know, it was CAD CAM stuff and things like that. And I was miserable. So I need to figure my way out of that. So actually, you know, I actually pursued my desire for my uh, retail clothing, a dream. And um, that was fun. It was a fun business. It was a great business, a very people oriented business. Um, I built it up, you know. And uh, But retail is a very tough business, especially now with Amazon and, and the department stores, and very hard. And i uh, glad, you know, now that there was a pandemic, I was glad that I was not in retail because uh, my coaching business um, last so, year, 2020, was was the best yeah so people were stuck at home thinking about what their real goals were and they had time to coach because they weren't traveling and they weren't out and about so
0: now you also say that you worked on several other businesses how were you an image wardrobe consultant
1: So when I closed the retail store, I had already gone through, I had you, I learned a process. I was doing the beautiful seasons economy, beautiful stuff, where I was helping people with their, you know, wardrobe and picking the right outfits for their, you know, their shape. And I had makeup and, and skincare and stuff like that. So I was already doing that and utilizing that in my store, actually. So it was a very easy transition. My clients were very upset that I closed the store. I got married in 2002, and then they closed the store in 2003 when I decided that I needed to reduce my stress, and we were trying to have a family. And so I, I was in my 40s, and so it was easy, you know, so... Wardrobe consulting was an easy business for me to start up. I called it Amy's Eye for Style. I was able to go into people's homes and do a wardrobe outfit and suggest, make suggestions, do personal shopping. It was something I could do from home. And something I could do in, in the middle of everything else I was trying to accomplish. Um, but then I decided I did pursue the life coaching. And I actually enrolled in 2003 in the Coach Training Institute and uh, got certified by 2005.
0: So was the uh, Coach Training Institute any different from the other thing you did for your coaching certification? Was that the same thing?
1: That's Well, that's the same thing. I have two certifications. I have the training from my coach school, the certification, which is the CPCC. And then I also have the uh, PCC, the professional coach certification from the ICF, the International Coach Federation, which is a big, um, it's an umbrella organization that uh, promotes coaching, coaching ethics, coaching standards and is trying to legitimize coaching in the eyes of of the world it's kind of like the bar association for coaches it's not the only coach association but it's one of the biggest and one of the most recognized
0: yeah and you're also on a professional speaker as well
1: yeah, so I actually became um, a professional speaking. I knew speaking was an important part of my business um, in terms of getting the word out, in terms of what I do. And so I, I'm, I'm one of these people who I feel like I never have enough skills. Like I need to improve. And so I actually found there's a speakers group, uh, the NSA, National Speakers Association, in, in Washington, D.C. I would start at attending meetings. And then I went... Oh, their speakers and training program and that was fun that was very you know to me to learn how the business of speaking and and i realized through that experience i'm a coach that speaks i'm not a speaker that coaches and there is a difference so there are speakers who are professional speakers who make their money most money from speaking and coaching is on the side and an added course for me, the coaching is my main revenue source and I utilize speaking in order to promote my business. So I do workshops and those kind of things. And I've been speaking, I've been doing classes on Zoom and there's some organizations that I speak for. Like I'm, I'm a speaker for The Single Life Today, which is a, a 50 plus community. And then there's another group in Washington, DC, called Professionals in the City. And I do classes for them.
0: And why do you enjoy what you do?
1: Well, I think, you know, fulfillment is really what we're after and enjoying what I do. But I really enjoy helping my clients with that aha moment. Like, they come to me and they're struggling and they're losing hope. And I say I take my clients from doubtful to hopeful and, you know, like, is this going to work for me? Can I do this? You know, I work with people from 30 into their 70s. So imagine a 60 year old woman divorced or widowed, and she hasn't dated in 30 years, 40 years. And so she's like, what is this? You know, And then online dating wasn't even in the world. When I was dating the first time. You know, we had classified um, ads and, and, you know, you met people organically. Well, today people are busy and online dating. Actually, 80% of my successfully coupled clients met through online dating. But after I took them through my values-based process. So I go deep into people and really, like, help people communicate what their life vision is. I'll help them communicate what their values, their relationship values are. And I help them put them in their profile so they're attracting the right person. I believe what you put out there is what you attract. And so actually, my clients have a very high success rate with online dating. What I call a comprehensive dating plan, where we look at face-to-face opportunities as well as online opportunities. But given the pandemic, online was really, you know, mostly besides um, some speed dating, which is very superficial. And you only have a couple of minutes to make a first impression. And uh, I've only had one client who met someone through speed dating that's married. And I've only had one client in 16 years that met through a matchmaking service. So those surface, those surface, they don't go deep enough. And they're okay no. on Surface level, but once people may be attracted to someone, but then you find out things about that person that you just say, Oh, I can't live with that, or we don't want the same things, or you know, it's just uh, that I can't. So that's why I like the online dating because you get a little more, you get some information if they put the information down, but you can actually gleam certain things that you need to gleam. Like I'm working with a woman who wants to have family. So, you know, like, meet this guy, and he put nothing about kids, he put nothing about family in his profile. And I said, well, we want to have that conversation sooner than later. Because, you know, I was in a situation where I met somebody and we would start it today, we really liked each other, you know, things seemed to go in the right direction. And then I said, Well, my goal is to get married and have a family. And he said, Babies, you want babies? He said, I'm done. You know, he had two kids already. He raised his ex wife's two kids. And so he was younger than me, but he was already, you know, done. And so I had a tough decision, you know, and I did decide to leave, but so when I met my husband, I had the conversation sooner than later about my goals, you know, so I help my clients communicate what they need to communicate in the time that they need to communicate. Now you don't want somebody over the head when you just meet them. You first have to see, do I like this person? Does the conversation flow? And am I somewhat attracted to the person? So, you know, there's some vetting that has to be done before you would share your innermost Desires and needs and things like that.
0: So, why are you most proud of this business compared to your other several businesses?
1: Well, I'm proud of different businesses for different reasons. I mean, I created, I took a space in the retail business, like they call it a vanilla box, and created an environment. And I was really proud of it. And I had clients, clients that came year and year, I run into people who say, oh, I shopped at your store. I still have a dress I love. I mean, just recently, and it's been since 2003, so 20 years. So that is something that I'm proud of. I But What I do right now is I really work with, I help people feel more confident in themselves. I help people feel more self And I help my clients give them a tools to make better decisions for their life and you can't that's impacts everything and you know i actually like to text him with my clients when it's their birthday i text them happy birthday i might reach out to them and i find out things about them i found out that two clients got married in 2020 that i didn't know of and you know that they've moved along with their lives and they're, they're accomplishing their goals I guess I have a value about a positive force, you know, how no. people move from, like I said, putting them in a better place. And, you know, yeah. just make lifelong connections. And I am a connection. Yeah. That's really who I am down deep.
0: This kind of falls into a different thing. Why do you think um, you are who you are? You say, you know, you're a very extrovert person. I could tell and you're a, very, you're a person that likes to connect a lot. Why do you think you're like this? Do you think this had any connection with what you're doing now?
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, I have to be in a people business. I have to be. I mean, the only way I survived the pandemic is the fact that I was in constant contact with people. I'm in networking groups and I'm in the women business owners in my local area. I'm in another business owner group. Connection for me is everything and staying in touch with people. And so... I think I sought a business that met my needs. I mean, when I had the store, I was around people all day. And, you know, it just needed my need to meet people and and be around people. Um, I have my moments where I've had enough and you have to shut down to the balancing act. But I think you know the fact that you know I managed through this pandemic was that I always knew I had people to talk to and meet up with and I was helping them and you know and and I'm in touch with my colleagues and and you know there's a lot of networking online networking I'm on summits I'm on podcasts you know those kind of things I get to meet very interesting people and make lifelong connections so it is a theme in my life and i think my father was a connection person he was one of my models you know my entrepreneurial model and he had unfortunately he died because of an accident and you know his funeral he had a lot of people there because he helped a lot of people he was an attorney and he helped a lot of families through really rough times and You know, it's just gave back to his community. And I think, you know, it's what's the legacy that we want to leave. And what I'm doing now, actually, because my coaching program has been very successful. I'm actually launching my coach training where I'm going to train other life coaches to be motivated to marry coaches. So other people could do the work I'm doing and I can support these coaches and help them build the businesses that I have built.
0: And kind of to get more into this, what would you do if someone else was in your shoes? What type of advice would you give them?
1: Well, business owner, as a business owner, you need to have a good support system. And there are many years that make any money. So I even had the IRS question my business. (laughs) I've been through an audit. It's almost like this badge of honor, right? You know, you had to prove I was I was a viable business. I was spending a lot of money, I'm pregnant and the time to do certain things. So I took some some extra risks and things like that. You do have to have tolerance. You have to have good mentors. I mean I have a business coach. I've several good mentors in my corner. And you know and it's true you have to pay to play in a sense. You have to, you know, invest in yourself. And I have invested in myself and it's paid off. So I have a figure business but that's because i've hired coaches who've created six figure businesses and paved the path for me. i didn't always like their path it you have to find the path that works for you what i realized just like dating you have to find what works for you in terms of promoting your business and what's comfortable for you there's so many ways to put yourself out there and market as you know and so, what's going to work for you? What can you be consistent? So, I had a podcast, I had the Motivated to Marry podcast, and unfortunately, the woman who was helping me put it together she decided to go to a different career. And then I looked at it and said, what is this doing for me right now, and I analyzed it. I said, you know, it's it was really nice the podcast, but a I was promoting other people. And B, uh, I wasn't getting the return on the investment. So, I mean, I decided to go in different directions. And so, you know, for me, you have to decide how you're going to build your business. Having a good referral network is very important to me. And uh, speaking has been very good. And to find opportunities to, to speak. but teaching a class where they get to experience me and how I teach, And so somebody says, this is what I want. This is, she's exactly who I need to be with right now. So finding those opportunities. I think, you know, with the marketing, I know um, I'm going to be training, you know, helping my coaches develop their businesses. And to help them really recognize what's going to work for them. I mean, I do consistently, I put out a newsletter, I have an email list, you know, building my email list is important. I have a Facebook group. I have the motivated Marry single Facebook group. I actually started a meetup in the yeah. area called DMV. Um, seriously, searching singles, and so I'm trying something, you know, to see what for me and what doesn't. But if it's too much time and energy, and I'm not getting the return on my energy, money investment, I'm gonna, you know, probably say, okay, if I've done it. I had enough.
0: So I noticed you've been interacting with you know a lot of different people, and in general. Who is the ideal person to coach? Who is a good candidate to be coached? Because you've interviewed, you've coached a lot of people, and I kind of want to get your take on
1: that. Well, there's people who are open to coaching, and they're open to the exploration. And there are some people who I call know-it-all, and and run into them, and they're like, well, what is she going to do for me? They have like a little barrier. Like they're like, this oh, going to work? Am I going to get my money's worth? You know, not as open to the process, and they're very suspect. And I feel like mm-hmm. I always have to prove myself. And then there are other people who really mm-hmm. open to the process, and they're like, you know, they, they see the value I have to offer. I have a coaching program, the motivated marries, and I, you know, I, it's not like cousin comes to me like a therapist and just talk. I have a process. I have a system. that I take my clients through. I go very deep into people's values. We utilize values to really understand which ones need to resonate and be in a relationship with somebody so we then use those use them as a, like a radar, like a, a homing device in a sense so that's you know my, my process and my system so people come to me are open to learning open to exploring. And they really, some, they really see the value of coaching. They probably have had coaching from like a career coach or some other coaching, maybe a personal trainer or wellness professional, something like that. And they're willing to invest in their, their personal growth. And they aren't putting it on the bottom of their to-do list. Because I find people come to me and they're very busy. And as a life coach, I have to help them rebalance their life so they have time for them to come into their life. If you're too busy, you know, and somebody wants a relationship, they're going to get frustrated and they're going to move on to somebody else who does have time for them. So, again, it's having the time, and energy and wherewithal. So, I mean, I... I have clients, I had a 30-year-old client, and, and he was so cute. He was very, um, what I call him, he's on nerve. And he just needed to know how to, to be in a relationship. He had no clue. He really didn't have, you know, even if his parents are married, and he had a sister. He wanted to learn, and he was open to learning, and he found my process very helpful. Um, the pandemic hit, and he had some, you know, I call external roadblocks. But then I had a seven-year. I've had seventy-year-old clients who was widowed and you know hadn't dated in a long time, and we had a great time. I got him online. He met, a, you know, a couple of women, and the, and he eventually met his wife. And he's now married. So you know, I did the gambit. You know, I have people who've never been married, and they're in fifties and sixties and 70s and beyond, and there are people who have been divorced and and widowed. There's always a new person with a a whole new set of, of, you know, uh, it's them. I have to learn about that person and help that person and get them on the right path. And so it's never dull.
0: So why do you value the process so much?
1: Because I find it works. And... Well, let me give you an example. So, Through I did a lot of fertility and I gained more weight and then I got pregnant and I gained more weight. And so I had to lose 50 pounds and or, I ended up losing actually 35. So I found a plan that I believed in, a system that I could follow. I found a group of people who were supportive of me. And you have to check for accountability and support. And I've been on other programs. I've been on Weight Watchers. I've been on other stuff. And see, I never had a weight problem until I hit my mid forties. And here I was in the fifties, you know, with this. And I didn't want to be a fat mom. <laughs> and I'm in this. You got to look right, you know. Um, I'm competing against coaches like half my age, and and. So, you know, just to feel good about myself, because I do have that value of being, you know, stylish, active, and, you know, um, healthy and slim. So that is a value of mine. And I like clothes. I like to wear nice clothes. So finding something that works, that you could stick with, that you believe in, and that you get the support and accountability has worked for me. And I do the same for my clients. I have my value-based approach that gives people tools that they can hone in on the right people. And this is not something I've been doing this for over 15 years, 16 years. And I see it work time and time and time again. And so how can you not believe it? Right.
0: And in general, what is the best piece of advice you could give to somebody who actually is a coach? Because you kind of went into, I want to start coaching coaches. So What's some good advice you would give to those coaches out there?
1: Well, I wrote an article that's on LinkedIn about the top reasons why you should niche. And I resisted niching when I was young, when I was an early coach, because I'm like, I can coach anyone. But today, you really need to have a focus. People need to know what they're coming to you for. And once they come to you, you can start coaching them on their whole life, because that's what I do but they're coming for a relationship. Sometimes other things crop up and we have to deal with that first before they're really ready for a relationship. So to really kind of pick your lane, and even though I'm a relationship coach, you know, I focus on people who are looking for serious, committed relationships or you know, motivated to marry. So there are a lot of dating coaches out there. And I really recommend if anyone's listening and in this space, that they really look at this their training is and what their background is because there's a young woman walking around in my backyard who has no credentials at all and she's calling herself a dating coach what i said is i value credentials that there there are people out there calling themselves dating coaches who don't even have any any training or credentials and you know they just come out of uh, writing a book or doing something that they had an experience and then they they think the dating coach, you know, so I, I really highly recommend you do your, do your due diligence. And, and that's what another thing is, I I believe in getting training and having the skills to help people because then you'll know what to do. You know, that there's a, there's a method, again, a methodology and there are some definite coaching skills that you need to have. And like today, you know, I was coaching a client, and I basically said, you know, I asked her, what do you want? What What's important to you? I didn't tell her or she asked me a question and I said, what's important to you? Like it's important as a coach not to answer clients questions always. But sometimes you answer it with a question. They get more out of it in the long run. I mean, I wear two hats. I wear a coaching hat and I wear a consulting hat. So there's times I am consulting and there's times I'm coaching.
0: Why do you separate the two?
1: oh because that's the way we're trained there's actually consulting coaching therapy and there's a difference between each one and as a coach we learn differences so to be an ICF coach you have to understand you have to be understand the difference between coaching and consulting consulting is advice giving i'm telling you coaching is asking the questions so you get to the conclusion on your own and actually it's more meaningful when you come to the conclusion on your own than somebody telling you. I love the conversation between the men and women. In my coaching groups, I have both men and women. A lot of the coaches out there have just women or just men because the marketing is good. But I like them together, and that's what makes me unique.
0: What do you see the future of um, your goals as a coach and your business going ahead of time?
1: Well, again, I hope to be training. I'm working on my first pilot um, and I got it ICF certified. So it's been accredited. Um, I want to, you know, I want to train other coaches to do the motivated to marry coaching. And I see myself having about two or three dozen coaches under my belt. And for me to be still working working with clients because they stay in touch, but not, not at the level that I'm working now. I right now have about two dozen clients. And so I have my my, my uh, Meet Your Mate This Year group, and then I do have my private one-on-one clients. So that's kind of where I see my opinion. I would like a little more time today, a, a little bit more flexibility. I work a lot at night because of my clients. That's when they're available. And so I do work back on that. And I want to be able to do if there's a client at a certain price range, you know, be able to give them to another coach in my community. And, and I, I envis- envision having a membership group where there's Motivated to Marry events and even um, a Motivated to Marry dating site.
0: So why do you do group coaching and one-on-one coaching? I usually find that coaches either do one or the other exclusively.
1: Well, I invite my one-on-one clients to be in the group and some people like to be with other people and they want a group experience and i find that people join because of the group and they want to be with other people and they want to learn and they want to hear their perspectives and so i don't do big groups i do a, my groups are about a dozen men you know uh, 12 men and women i like the small experience and it's enough people to get a conversation going, but not too big that people feel ignored. And so again, it's really the high touch. I'm a high touch coach. So I actually went through training to see what model I should like to my personality. And I came up with intimate, intimate connect. So I like more intimate one-on-one and also those smaller experiences. If I'm in a very big group, I'm happy because Unless I'm in a big room, you know, with people you can kind of connect with one one But on a virtual basis, it's not easy. I do it, but it's...
0: So I think I've heard lots of coaches talking about this, but which one do you prefer since COVID? Do you prefer the virtual or do you prefer more of the one-on-one?
1: I offer both. So if they live in my area, they can come see me. I've had people in my backyard now that I'm back. I have seen one or two. From a client standpoint, the virtual, once you have a, a relationship established, I actually do my kickoff off session at my client's home if they live within an hour of me. So I like to see my clients in their environment. You learn a lot about a person when you walk into their home. Um, and they feel comfortable. So they let, you know, they're able to open up a little bit more. So I really like some one-on-one. I miss my one-on-one, my face-to-face clients. But it can be yeah. time consuming too. I mean, when they come and I can't have someone in my house right now unless they come to my my porch because I still have my son at home and my husband working from home. But not all my yeah. clients live close by. So I have clients in California, yeah. and Massachusetts, and Chicago, yeah. I've even had a Mexican yeah. client, Florida clients all over and, and even Europe.
0: What times were you the most proud of what you do? What were your sort of high points, those prize moments?
1: Just when people feel like they feel more at peace with themselves. You know, that they're doing better, that that somebody who wasn't going out to events have tried that. They haven't been online and now they're meeting people and communicating with people. Just, you know, whenever people have breakthroughs, I think I'm the most proud of that in terms of my work. Yeah.
0: And what other things are you kind of doing now to sort of reach out and hit new types of customers, in a sense? Are you finding that certain customers resonate more with different things?
1: Well, I have my meetup group and I'm doing some speaking and I have like a class coming up Call I call it Connection Circles. So helping people learn how to connect more with themselves and others. And also, you know, we do breakout rooms so they get to meet some of the other people in the group. And I've been trying to keep up with that. The promotion of my coach training has eaten into my time. So I'm not as consistent. I'm in, in some networking groups and I'm in a very... Like a very close knit networking group where we really kind of work one on one and recommend clients to each other. So referrals are very important for me. People are in this space and they say, "Oh, you have to talk to Amy," and so in that ways I get my new clients <laughs> is through referrals, through my speaking opportunities, and through my website. My SEO. I do blogging. I have uh, a newsletter that goes out, and then you know. Everybody- try to do a podcast and get out, you know, On and I do Facebook lives. I have a Facebook group and I have almost a thousand people in my Motivated to Marry Singles Facebook group. So I'm trying to be consistent. So I know with marketing, the big thing is if you're going to do something, do it consistently. So people know you're going to show up so they can plan on it. And, and life changes day to day, you know, especially with the COVID. And my son's getting vaccinated right now. And we're doing this, this podcast. So life is going to change, you know. And so it's really about keeping up with what's going on and, you know, doing the best I can. So, you know, as a woman, as a mother, as, as a wife, you know, I, I really, really just try to do the best I can and help my clients and be there for them as well. This kind of
0: goes into my final question. What do you sort of value the most when it comes to prioritizing things?
1: Really my family and really my friends and my clients. And my husband, fortunately, I met a man, who, and this is a big thing, supports my dream and supports my value of helping others and is not jealous of it and doesn't, doesn't get jealous of the time I spend so I married a more man who needs time for himself and is okay being by himself. And I had to get used to the fact that he's okay getting used to being by himself because I, I was like, you sure? I can go. Well, you know, you're going to be okay. Yeah, fine. Leave me alone." And he watches the ball game or something like that, and he needs that. He needs that recharge. So yeah. I found- I value my family, you know, I have there for my son, he's, he's in middle school. And, and there's always, like I said, things change on a dime. And so, you know, I have to do the best I can. I mean, I thought I was going to launch the coach training in May. It's not happening what I thought. So I look to say, okay, and when, when can I? So you do the best you can. That's, that's my philosophy.
0: Now, I also noticed you are talking about consistency too. So why do you value consistency so heavily?
1: Because I'm, I, I'm in a lot of marketing groups. <laughs> and I know that's what works. You know, if you're going to be marketing your business is to be consistent. I have a newsletter that goes out every week. It's not easy, but it goes out every week. At least I'm I'm emailing my clients once a week. I mean, I'd like to be emailing them more, but I also don't want to be a pain in the and I want them to look forward. And yeah, so consistent. I'm sure with your podcast, you're being consistent. You have so many shows going out, you know, so often. I couldn't keep my podcast going consistently, so I dropped it. And whatever you do, I, you know, you need to I have a meetup group. They expect to have meetups, <laughs> and I'm trying to stay consistent. So I try to plan at least one talk. And I have some uh, clients and friends who are ones doing yoga, but she had to go to India to see see her parents, you know. So yeah. try our best. But I think people want to know that they can count on you, and and you're building trust and you're building relationship with your audience, and so being consistent is very important.
0: You also kind of mentioned doing the best that you can. Why do you value that as well?
1: Well, some of us have a perfection kind of thing and we try to do everything and we get scared of put out my coach training because it's not perfect but it's good and it's really good and actually my mentor that I'm working with is like this is the best thing since sliced bread you really need to you know and she's a single woman and she's been through my whole program and she's just met somebody and she says well, you know you what you teach and what you teach is very important and works And so she's kind of like, you know, good. And I have other coaches who say, you know, perfections for another life and good enough. You know, you, they won't, and this is a pilot program. So I'm going to elicit feedback. I'm not charging my full rate because I want to get some feedback and I want them to help me improve it. So you just got to get started sometimes. You just got to try it and do it. Fall on your face, get back up or get some feedback and tweak it, you know, nothing, nothing's perfect, you know, so you have to kind of get out there and just move forward. And and I see the people who just get out and start doing it. They get, so fur, they get further ahead because they, you know, you learn, you learn what works, what you learn, what doesn't work, and then you improve as you go along. Right.
0: So what are some final remarks you'd like to say to the audience, something that they could take away from this?
1: Well, follow your dreams, get some support you know coaching profession has shown that the people who get coached get further quicker invest in yourself invest in your personal growth and your knowledge and your learning and enjoy the process like life is to enjoy it you know, if you're not happy and you're miserable well let's change it you know let's find something that that's going to make you want to wake up, want to, you know, I look forward to, you know, meeting with my clients. I look forward to my day and creative process.
0: Well, thank you again. This was a very good interview. Appreciate it. I wish your business the best of luck.
1: Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it.